There are days where you're hanging out on a photo shoot set with a celebrity, and there's days that you're working our food truck at an event, and there's everything in between. Getting to literally pitch people dreams for a living and then bring them to life. Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, presented by Generations Bank. I'm Luke Hannon. I'm Max Harrell. We are here with Bethany Taylor. And I have an initial startup question. Are you a Swifty? I am a Swifty. Okay. Both because her era's concert is probably one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to in my life. And I think she's a really brilliant marketer. Okay. Where did you go to see her? Kansas City. All right. Did you go night one or night two? Night one. So we got Taylor Lautner. So the like Twilight part of me and the Taylor Swift part of me met that night and it was epic. Taylor Lautner, uh, you're going to have to explain that. Did you Do you know what Twilight is? Yeah, but I don't know. How was he part of her tour? She released a music video that night that he was in. Oh. And so he came out on stage and was like there in person. Wow. I learned something new. Brilliant marketer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect segue mm-hmm. into who are you? Basically, give me an A to Z on, on Bethany Taylor and kind of where you're at now. Sure. So I was born and raised in the Philippines. My parents were missionaries. They met overseas. My siblings and I were all born there. So I lived there till I was 18, which was a fantastic childhood, great country to grow up in, super friendly. And I went to an international boarding school for the children of missionaries. So grew up with friends that came from all different countries around the world. And then I moved to the U.S. to go to college. And I ended up going to college in Northwest Arkansas because John Brown University has a lot of relationships with international boarding schools. So that is how I ended up in Northwest Arkansas. No family here. Uh, My older sister had gone to John Brown and had stayed in the area. And so that was legitimately the only person I knew in Arkansas. Um, and I was going to school at John Brown. I was getting a business and marketing degree, and my plan was to go into hospitality. And I ended up on a fluke getting an internship with Sam's Club through SIFE, which is now Enactus, the business program. And I'd literally never been in a Sam's Club before. They should probably ask people that during the interview process, but I didn't grow up in America. I didn't know what Sam's Club was, um, and ended up getting this internship, and I just fell in love with retail. I'd never really been exposed to it, having grown up overseas, and I just fell in love with the model, what happens in retail, the fast pace of it, all of those kinds of things. And so I had an opportunity when I finished school to go back and had a great career. Um, I spent five years at Sam's Club, the first three in customer experience, so things like what happens in the club, whether that's sampling, events, breaking down the barrier to purchase in a bulk capacity. Um, And then I got to do some really cool things in visual merchandising. I got to do some strategy work. Um, And then I got to buy for a period of time. And then I spent two years at Walmart in store experience marketing, which is, again, is just awesome to see the big platform and the impact that you can have at a retailer of that size, getting to just do some really cool events um, and sampling and all kinds of different things across marketing. So I spent seven years in Fortune One retail, and I had an opportunity to basically leave Fortune One and start Grazi. And the vision behind Grazi was I had been part of these really big platforms that had great impact across the country, but I had a vision uh, with my partners for something that was really hyper-targeted and engaged very specific consumers. So for example, somebody who has a small indoor dog under 10 pounds, it's really hard walking through a grocery store to know who that applies to or who's into video games or you know, who's into gardening on the side. And so really had a vision for doing something that was very curated. And so I maybe naively 
thought, let me go try and do this. And I think I tell people all the time that it was probably best that I didn't really know what I was getting into. I had a dream and I had a bunch of passion behind it and I wanted to go do it. And so about five years ago, I left my corporate job, which was very stable, to go and pursue a dream. And ultimately what it boiled down to for me is if it didn't work out, I figured there was a lot of things I could go back to, but I didn't want to live the rest of my life saying, man, I really wish I had tried that or I had bet on myself. So Grazi today, about four and a half years later, we are a boutique marketing agency based in Northwest Arkansas, and we connect brands to hyper-targeted consumers through curated product experiences. We do that through direct-to-home sampling, through in-person events, and through talent partnerships. Okay. So we went from A to Z there, which is incredible. So first of all, Philippines to Arkansas. Yep. Big right. cultural change. Big change. Yep. I can imagine. Things that you... <laughs> Things that you did not know about Arkansas or the United States, right, yeah. really, that, that were kind of culture shocks for you. One of the ones that always surprises people is I didn't know how to pump my own gas because that's all done for you in the Philippines. And so I was in college and legitimately had to ask someone to take me to the gas station and teach me how to use a gas pump. That's definitely not something that I think I would have been aware of. Uh, is, they just have attendance. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of yeah. the deal there? I think oh. I was 20 years old when I learned how to use a gas pump. And so it's just things like that that people just assume are very normal if you grew up here. Um, I missed all of the 90s and early 2000s pop culture. So my husband all the time will make these pop culture references, and I have zero idea what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so anything that happened uh, in those time frames, definitely missed out on. Okay. So what is something that as you were transitioning from college to, as you said, the corporate world, uh, what was appealing to you? Uh, you, you know, you kind of mentioned uh, retail as being something that you, you'd had a uh, desire to get into, but where did you first kind of find that as interesting? Mm -hmm. My family will tell you that it started when I was really little and I started hustling my siblings as a kid um, and I would make fake businesses for them to come participate in with me. So thank you to my siblings who put up with that their whole life. Um, the, the marketing side of it and how to create something that appeals to a consumer and then getting a consumer to spend their hard-earned dollars on it has always been really fascinating to me. And the idea of in this day and age, there's so much social media, there's so many things going on out there. How do you break through that noise and really find a person who really connects with a product? And doing that in retail um, and having getting, I got to buy for a period of time. And so getting to develop items and take something from literally a field to the shelf was just a super unique process to get to see that come to life. And so I've always been a fan of marketing and strategy and how you bring things to life and how you tell a story and make something very experiential. And I think that's what a lot of what you see in Grazi today is we're very focused on things that are super curated, tell a story, experiential, create something really unique and one of a kind and really break through that noise. That was a brave step, right, for you to uh, leave, as you said, corporate one and, mm -hmm. and kind of go into the entrepreneurial world. And something I think that a lot of people have a desire to do mm -hmm. deep down to create something um, and be responsible for that thing. Kind of take us through that process and, and, and what it looked like for you to step out of C1 into an entrepreneurial world. If you don't mind just kind of giving us a, sure. a little bit insight there. I think 
ultimately, it's kind of what I said, right? I had this vision and something I felt really strongly about that I had seen play out in my career that I knew that there was at least some degree of market demand for what I had a vision for. Um, and I think my advice to people who want to start a business is pick something you really believe in. And if it's something you feel really strongly about, it doesn't feel quite as much like work. Because don't get me wrong, starting a business is a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of all of those things combined. I work far more hours than I did in Fortune 1, but it's also the most fun I've ever had. And so picking something that you really believe in and have a vision for and being willing to put in the hustle to see that come to life. And I think surrounding yourself, my biggest piece of advice for people who are considering this path is surround yourself with people who want to see you win. And I think that takes four buckets. Um, it's you know, family and friends. And I'm really grateful to have a family and a support system and a spouse who are just really on board with, they knew I had a vision and they were like, we believe in you. We've got your back. Go do it, which not everybody has. So I'm super thankful for that. And then it's a team of people. We're really specific in our hiring strategy at Grazi of being really transparent about what our business looks like, what it entails, and finding people who also share our vision for what we're trying to do. And so we have a really great team of people who are willing to kind of hustle and bring things to life. And our business is wild just in the sense that every day looks different. There are days where you're hanging out on a photo shoot set with a celebrity and there's days that you're working our food truck at an event and there's everything in between. And so we really just have tried to build a team of people who thrive on kind of that variety and getting to literally pitch people dreams for a living and then bring them to life. The third bucket is professional support. And I think that's where you and the Generations Bank team has come in for me is I knew that on paper, our business probably didn't have the background or the legs to make a lot of sense to people. I have never started a business before. I was this individual who walked in and said, I have a dream and I have a vision. And if you will bet on me, I promise that I will do everything I can to make it work. And so that has literally meant the world to me and our business of having people like you and Generations and our other professional support staff say, we see the vision, we're willing to be on this journey with you and um, have just gotten to see some of the crazy growth and things that have happened over the years. And then I think the fourth thing is surrounding yourself with a community of other entrepreneurs. That's one of the things that makes Northwest Arkansas so unique is there are so many other people in this area who started businesses or their support system for people who started businesses and just being able to have conversations and bounce ideas off of people and say, what's worked? What's not worked? What has your experience been? For someone who is living this for the first time, that's just been really invaluable. And so I think those are pieces that have helped me kind of along the way on our journey to get to where we are today. And I'm just so grateful that we've had kind of the success that we've had and we just get to do really cool stuff for a living. There's honestly, we talk all the time about there's worse jobs than getting to give people free stuff and do super cool events for a living. And that just makes it really fun. So that is where our name came in. So Grazi is a combination of Grateful, gratis, and grazi. So the words grateful, free, and thankful. So for us, our whole business model is we're introducing customers to free products, but we try to do it with a little bit of social good and social consciousness along the way. You've um, molded languages there to yes. create the name. So yeah. it's been such a fun ride to see you and, and grazi as a whole just uh, grow like crazy and develop and, and turn into this this 
powerhouse that you guys are now. That's really been neat to be uh, kind of see it from the ground floor. Part of what has helped us be successful is there's a couple of things we live by. And one of them is we'll do anything once and maybe not a second time. And just being really open to where the road may take you. And I think that applies to people in their professional life, in their personal life. Of If you had asked me at any point in my career, I didn't necessarily say this is the job or this is the title I want. I more knew these are the kinds of things that fuel me and the kinds of things that drive me really hard and have tried to create a career path that fills all of those. And so as a business We'll do anything once. Uh, we did a photo shoot on a remote Alaskan glacier two hours from civilization, and we carried everything on our backs on for that photo shoot onto this glacier, and I was the hand model. So if you see those photos, it is my hand because there are not a lot of options on a glacier. <laughs> we'll probably not backpack onto a glacier again, but was a super unique, really cool experience. And so that's just kind of been our philosophy as a business. And that's honestly how we've evolved from starting in the direct to home and then evolving into events and evolving into talent and a lot of the other things that we do is just we've just been open to trying new things. And I think that's just something that applies to people in general in their personal yeah. and professional life. Yeah, no, 100%. Were you gloved or was it was it bare hands? Well, it was there? a photo shoot. Okay. So, I mean, we weren't eating it afterwards. So it okay. was really just a modeling. All right. Well, I'm just, I mean, I figure it's pretty cold, you know. Oh, no, there were no gloves. No gloves, um, okay. But that's, you know, that's the life of an entrepreneur. You got to wear a lot of hats yeah. and sometimes you're <laughs> hand modeling and, you know, sometimes yeah. you're doing other things. No, that's great. One of the neat things that you, that you said that you guys have kind of uh, been able to to shift into is this kind of this talent Mm-hmm. piece of your business, mm-hmm. which has led you to some pretty <laughs> cool uh, celebrities that you've been able mm-hmm. to spend time around within your bounds. Can you kind of let us know what, yeah. what that's looked like? Yeah, we've gotten some really fun opportunities to do some really cool partnerships uh, with some of our clients. So we specialize in celebrity partnerships and kind of bringing those together, doing custom content shoots and all of those kinds of things. And we've gotten to work with some really fun people over the years. We had the opportunity to work with Betty White before she passed away. We've worked with people like Sean White, the Olympian, Keenan Thompson, variety of people. Um, and probably one of the funnest stories is we did a partnership with Snoop Dogg. And that involved uh, taking some product promotion to his 50th birthday party, which um, was with his wife, who was also turning 50 at his compound in L.A. So, like I said, some days you're at Snoop Dogg's 50th birthday party, some days you're in the office, and some days you're working the food truck, and you just never really know what your day is going to look like at Grazie. That is an exciting experience, <laughs> uh, nonetheless. So, And this food truck here, this is, this is kind of something that you took on and ran with. Mm-hmm. And y'all have been using it for events. And Mm -hmm. so what does that look like? Yeah. So to back up a little bit, we started in the direct-to-home space, and we were really focused on creating a really curated way to do hyper-targeted sampling. And then the pandemic hit. And so um, we were really focused on that for kind of the first 18 months. And then as the pandemic started to kind of ease up and people were coming back out of their homes, we saw this appetite for in-person experiences. And so that's where we took kind of the foundation of our creativity from a direct-to-home standpoint and started applying it to in-real-life events. And so we have a fleet of vehicles that we will do custom wraps and activations on for clients, and that's everywhere from retailer parking lots to pop-up experiences to mobile tours across the country. Um, And it's really fun just to get to bring something different to life every time. We just recently did some tailgates over the weekend where we um, brought in some past players and got to surprise and delight some really hardcore Razorback fans in Hogtown. And it's just so fun to get to see people's response to those kinds of events and getting to meet some of their idols. 
that's so neat uh, that you guys have the ability to do that. And a lot of times you're behind the scenes, right? You're mm-hmm. really kind of setting this up. Um, and so your brand may not be the most recognizable to to the layman out there in, mm-hmm. the, in the public, but you guys have a great relationship with some major corporate players. What has this led you to believe not only about entrepreneurs, but advice you can give to others as you've developed this incredible business? Yeah, one of the things I'm personally passionate about and is really one of my focuses going forward is kind of telling our story in hopes that it inspires that next generation to say, take the risk, take the jump, um, go and try it, believe in yourself, bet on yourself. And it's not for everybody, and I'll be the first to admit that. Um, But kind of just telling that story of how fortunate we've been and how we've gotten to where we are. I think for me specifically as a female founder, and you mentioned um, I'm speaking on a panel at the Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit next week about my experience as a female founder. I think running a business that has a very operational focus is unique to be done by a female. So, for example, we opened our own distribution center in Northwest Arkansas earlier this year where we do all of our kitting and production. And it is the only female-owned facility in Northwest Arkansas staffed entirely by a team of women who are paid at above market wages so they can really adequately take care of their families. And so it was a really unique experience when we started getting into the warehousing space and and the amount of people who I would come into a, a pitch or a showing and say, this is really what I want to do. And, and people would just kind of look at me and and write it off, write our business off. And I think whether that's because I was female, whether that's because I was young, whether that's because we're a new company, I think there's a lot of factors there. Um, but I think one of my favorite things, and and my team will tell you this, is my responses always watch me. I'm happy to prove it. I'm happy to prove that I'm willing to put in the effort and the work to do it. Um, and so that goes back to surrounding yourself with people who have your back in those moments and are willing to bet on you. So I think it's been a really interesting journey for me between the pandemic, between being a female running a a very operationally heavy business um, and all of those kinds of things. And so I'm I'm really excited about getting to be involved with organizations that help tell that story and inspire the next generation to maybe break down some of those barriers. And if I can help someone accelerate their journey into entrepreneurship based on the things I've learned, then I'm always happy to do that. There's going to be listeners out there that may not know the sampling process that Mm -hmm. you guys offer. So can you kind of go through that? I mean, that was your bread and butter and really is this direct to consumer here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just kind of let us know how you would get involved in that process and sign up for it and and what what that looks like on on a regular basis. Yeah, it's really fun. So we have an app. It's free to download and you fill out a profile, tell us about your interests, things like, do you have pets? Do you have kids in the household? What do you enjoy doing? And then we will match you to samples and offers based on your profile. And so, for example, if we have a pet box, we'll ask you if you're interested, those kinds of things. Totally free to the consumer. You don't pay for anything. The only catch is we ask for your feedback. And so afterwards, we'll send you a feedback survey, ask you if you liked it, would you recommend it, those kinds of things. As a thank you for your feedback, we make a donation to charity. And so we call it feedback to give back, and it's our way of doing a little bit of social good. I just really believe as a business owner that if you don't find little ways to give back or create jobs or do some of those social good things, that you maybe have missed an opportunity. And so that's something that's really just core to us as a business is finding ways to always weave a little bit of good into everything that we do. Okay. That's great. All right. So let's break it down um, as you've gone on this incredible journey, uh, specific to the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a good, bad, and the ugly. Okay. So uh, give us give us the the good first that comes from uh, comes from creating your own business and mm-hmm. and kind of having your rubber stamp on on what you get to do every day. Yeah, I 
think that I've always been kind of a big idea person and a dreamer. So I, when I was 13, I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer. And I tried to make my very first pair of shoes out of styrofoam, which, by the way, does not last very long <laughs> and disintegrated really quickly. And my dad sat me down and said, this may not be the outlet for your creativity. And so for me, having Grazi and an outlet where we have built a reputation on being the people who will pitch you the craziest ideas possible is just so fulfilling for me to have kind of that channel for that's not only what we're known for, it's what we're celebrated for. And so getting to be the people who literally pitch people hopes and dreams for a living and then also get to pull it off and see the consumer response to it is just super fulfilling for someone who has always thrived on doing things that are a little bit unique and different. Now we go on to the bad. I think the bad part of starting your business is, you know, it's tough, right? That whole first year was really just a lot of no's. It was a lot of people telling me no. And so I think you really have to kind of have that endurance to say, how long am I going to stick this out? How much do I believe in it? How much of all of those things? And that goes back to, again, I had a support system who said, keep going. We believe in what you're doing. And it'll, you know, at some point it's going to click. So I think you have to really have some thick skin and be prepared to have a lot of people say no or a lot of people doubt you. And that goes back to all along the way. And and quite frankly, I think some of the people who question or doubt what you do can be your biggest motivators and turn the naysayers into the people who motivate you to continue to prove what you believe in. Okay. And uh, this can be a little bit more comical, but what what is the ugly that that's, uh, that's taken place over the last Gosh. four and a half years? Um, I, you have to wear a lot of hats, right? Yeah. So literally everything from hand modeling to <laughs> maybe some chef skills yeah. along the way and all of those different pieces. Um, so I think there we the analogy that we use is a duck on a water. So on the surface, the duck looks very calm and underneath you're paddling furiously. And so that's kind of our philosophy as a company is we're the ones who are paddling furiously. And sometimes that's 2 a.m. mornings doing arts and crafts. And, you know, sometimes that's more glamorous. But we we pull off some miracles in our business. Um, but it's also really fun. Yeah. Well, it, it truly has been incredible to see everything go on as I've been able to be, be involved in the last four and a half years. And so even just sitting on the sidelines has, has been neat. My wife participates in the in the uh, sampling yeah. um, there, and uh, I, I need to make sure that she responds to the feedback as well because I think it's been a while since we since we got a box, so I got to yeah. make sure that she's doing that. Well, there's not a lot of downsides to getting free stuff in the mail, and I think there's a lot of jobs where you know, you put things out into the ecosystem and you don't necessarily see the interaction with the end consumer. And and you guys as a bank probably see more of that because you have people who come in and see you. Um, but there's a lot of jobs where you put something out in the world and you don't necessarily see that connection. And so that's part of what is really unique for us is at an event, you get to see those faces light up right in front of you. Um, and with our sampling, we get a lot of people who tag us on social media just being like, look what I got in the mail and I got to open this. And I think that's just what makes all the hard work worth it when you see those those videos and those messages from people who are like, this just made my day. And it's like, you know what? That's why we do what we do. And that's so rewarding. And the way you package them, honestly, it feels like you're opening a gift. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, and so who doesn't like that? Yeah. And I think that's something we, another one of our mantras we live by internally is uh, we say never settle for basic when you can be a Ferris wheel. So we talk a lot about not settling for mediocrity and continuing to always one up who we've always been. And so you see that in kind of our journey over the years is if you look chronologically at work we've done, we just continue to level up who we are and how we show up. 
Um, and so that's really fun. You, there will be some fun things coming from Grazi in the next six to 12 months. Well, I look forward to seeing that. So I'm going to be a little rude here and I'm going to ask you some 90s questions. Again, I, I fully realize that you're living in the Philippines at this time, as you explained. I don't think people realize how extreme the difference is. So <laughs> like you guys grew up with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys neither of which were in my ecosystem. So I grew up with Westlife, which is an Irish boy band that was really big in Southeast Asia. So when my friends got all into the boy band debate, I have zero vote unless Westlife's coming to America and I'm all in. I've never heard. Is it West, like W-E-S-T? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can loan you their greatest hits if you'd like. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who is the fictitious female protagonist in the 1996 video game series Tomb Raider? There's also several movies. Lara Croft. Yes. One for one. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Who played Kevin McAllister in the blockbuster film Home Alone? McKaylee Coughlin, or however you say his name. Yeah, Macaulay. What does the abbreviation AOL stand for? I have no idea. Yeah, it's actually kind of hard. American Online. Oh, this is a great one. What Nickelodeon animated show starred Tommy, Chucky, and Angelica? Rugrats. What are you talking? I mean, you're three for four here. I had very few channels that were in English, but I did have Nickelodeon for a short period of time. All right. Which television show's theme song began with the following line? Where has predictability gone? Full House. So I've really made an effort to study pop culture because I never knew what anyone was talking about. All right. Well, your husband does a fantastic job. I've never seen Seinfeld if it makes you feel better. That does make me feel better. I'm also kind of sad for you that you haven't seen that. What reality television program is known to be the first? Survivor? No. The real world. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Was that not on the channel's? No, but Survivor actually filmed a couple seasons in the Philippines, which is super interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Bethany, we really appreciate you for being on, and thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating and drop a review. Follow us on our socials, which can be found in the show notes below. We will catch you next time.